Zoe Wright, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. How are good. you? Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, yeah. good, yeah. Um, we've known each other for a while, haven't we? God, yeah. Were you in Penryn school? Like junior schools? Like junior school? Yeah, and senior school. And senior school as well. I think you So I'm just thinking like how far back, yeah. like in school time. I think you're... Um... You're a year below me, I think. Yeah. And you, you got a sister, haven't you? Yeah, Naomi. She, yeah, she's a year yeah, older yeah. than me. Yeah. 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 So we've known each other Crazy. For, for a little while. Yeah. Um, obviously, you're local to me as well. So. Yeah, uh, both local. Yeah. Both Cornish. <laughs> um, so obviously, you're very successful with your your fitness and your journey that you've got to where you have now. Um, physique. Is it a physique model? It's like a, yeah, so I, I started out as a figure. Right. So that's like more bodybuilding. Okay. Um, and I compete with a federation called Pure Elite. Right. But then mainly like fitness modeling. So mm-hmm. that's a fitness modeling federation. They just have the figure category and because they're actually Stuart likes the figure routines and like bodybuilding routines. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but what drew me originally to that, um, that into, well, that federation was that they had a body transformation category and obviously with my we'll go into it later in the podcast but yeah because i had a stoma mm-hmm. um and lost me bag i wanted to go for body transformation which halfway through that prep i decided oh actually i might try my luck at like you know just figure and then um i decided uh, the last year to go into fitness modeling which is a bit more like glam glitz and sassy which was nothing like i would normally do <laughs> <laughs> and now i've just kind of gone down that route and never looked back yeah. wow. <laughs> it's very strange so um obviously we're doing that and everything you've, yeah. you you're doing your your pt work yep online coaching yeah so i do a bit online um well, I do a bit mainly online say a little bit but More my recently. main sort of focus is online for the last like 12 months right. um but I also do uh some personal training in uh, Penzance at Peak Fitness okay which is a local gym oh, I've trained there I used to be a member so, oh, it's, it's, it's like insane it's gym so good, isn't it? it's just like a bodybuilder's dream that gym must have cost a fortune yeah. to get out it's, it's a really good setup the owner has like really good taste and equipment <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he is a bodybuilder himself so i feel right, like that's yeah. just like bodybuilders touch on it definitely um so how was how was life growing up um for yourself from like, like a young kid how did you find school and, and things like that school was challenging for me um i feel as though i spent a lot of my years in school just self sabotaging myself because i was never academic in like any sort of way like i was more like hands-on creative sports and we both kind of had a really big like sporty background growing up um and that's the only sort of area i really thrived in in Mm. school um yeah, just like you know that's I, the only reason I went to school yeah. <laughs> you know it was it was it was I found school really really tough mm. um looking back now you're always on self-reflection you're just like oh god like I could have done that a lot better yeah, yeah. you know I walked out of school with only one GCSE same. um yeah yeah same I did that was PE yeah. <laughs> mine wasn't even PE I, I failed PE I needed I needed, tw- <laughs> I, I needed 20% in my final exam to yeah. get a seat so I was like oh walk it I know everything about PE like you know yeah, yeah. thinking I know everything and I uh, think I was going to get you know A star got C I was like oh great got D's <laughs> and everything else 
Honestly, like mine was uh, food tech because I love food. Oh, really? So I can make a banging cheesecake, but that's about <laughs> it for like, you know. But school doesn't teach you anything about no. life. No, no. It's like here, not. like my last day of school, I got arrested. Did you? <laughs> yeah, spent the night in the cell. Wow. Yeah. Again, what happened there? Just got drunk. Oh, right. Yeah, as you do on the last day of school with oh. friends. <laughs> Normally we sign t-shirts. Yeah. High fives, but you... I don't. Yeah, <laughs> again, self-sabotaging myself and um, yeah, I woke up in Camborne cells. Wow. Again, it just, I was, there were some issues I had with growing up. Um, just certain people walking out of my life and then, you know, on reflection now, they wasn't who they made out themselves out to be. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, you carry that on through where you're like, as you're going through like childhood and going into like teenage years and growing mm. into a young adult, but you really don't understand it because you're not yet a, like, you know, you're never really fully de- like developed, but because no, obviously no. you're always learning, but I never quite understood like why this person acted in a certain way and just, you know, left us really pretty much in the shit, um, which, you know, kind of put a lot of strain on my mum and my sister. And, you know, it was a really, really difficult age for me. And it just kind of went just just downhill. Um, For a few years, I, um, yeah, just partied, took recreational drugs, um, like all the, every single weekend. Um, nothing I've really actually shared online before, <laughs> but you know, it's, I've got to the age now where I can actually reflect back on that and think, okay, like I know that those choices at the time could have been better, but I've learned so much from them. Yeah. Um, and now like they've made me who I am today. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like those experiences sort of mold you to. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Don't they? Yeah. Um, so obviously things were a bit tough growing up. Um, how how did that sort of start the fitness journey? Did, did, was that an influence towards the fitness? Was that like an escape from it, or was it sort of focusing on putting your energy into something else? Or yeah, so I feel um, I got to I was working at Rose Bakery at the time in the factory, and yeah. you know it's quite a taxing job. That <laughs> like yeah. you know I remember walking to work. You know, I was only about 16, 17 at the time, walking to work, crying my eyes out because I didn't want to spend 12 hours in that factory. Mm. Like, I just felt so isolated. And I was like, well, is this my life now? Like, you know, is this, is this you know, going to be me? You know, you know, to be fair, like, that factory did t- teach me a lot of life, lesson, life lessons. And I met loads of cool people there. But I was just still at the age where I didn't have any like dependencies and I could, you know, I was living at home. So I was like, I need to, I need to sort my shit out. Mm, like, you know, yeah. I need to give myself a good chance in life. So I decided to go to college. Um, I did hairdressing for two weeks and that was, <laughs> was a really terrible decision. <laughs> um, and then I, um, I did art of, art uh, design for a year because obviously I was the, the start of term had happened and I had nowhere to move because yeah. I didn't have the grades so I had to do uh, an art and design before I went into a BTEC sports development coaching um, which I flourished in and it was like the only time because re- just before that I was actually diagnosed with um, or like you know had the screening for dyslexia so it was the only real time that I'd actually flourished in any sort of education because I one I was obviously interested in it mm. and two I could understand how I would learn um, and that was a lot different to what I was shown in school 
Um, I I found like I thought I was secretly dyslexic. Yeah. So like I would hide away and do anything I could possible not to read out in class. Or yeah. to, do you know what I mean? And the anxiety, yeah, like I, I can feel my, it my now. Face would fill up red. <laughs> yeah. And I remember like I went in my last couple of years in school. I was in like the top set for English, and I was like how th- they've made a mistake here like, yeah i can barely read my own name like <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah so, um yeah i know i know what that feels like yeah and yeah. it's only sort of since probably like doing my job for the last 10 15 years that i sort of had to focus on like i remember when i was out like um with an engineer yeah and a, as an apprentice and they go oh i need you to read that address out for me and it's like you know like a, you know how like people have funny names and you can't no teachers can't pronounce it but addresses are pretty similar yeah and um i, I was like i think i, I <laughs> just just spell it out I, yeah i just got every single address wrong and oh, he was like no. yeah that's not called that it's called this <laughs> oh it's horrible it's heartbreaking isn't it yeah and it's you know I, yeah it is and it's something i still hold on to even though I've got like a foundation degree in sports rehabilitation and all these other degree, like you know qualifications mm. I still hold on to the fact that I didn't get my GCSEs and it's so freaking irritating because yeah. it really does cripple you with anxiety because you know GCSEs I don't really teach you life <laughs> no and to be fair they only last for five years so when, oh. when I did my apprenticeship um quite a few people that were on the college course yeah, yeah. were a little bit older so they were like 21 and they had to redo their they had to do something called key skills for the yeah I had to do my key skills for uni um, even though they had G, uh, GCSEs yeah, yeah. they run out after five years what? yeah yeah, so it doesn't even it makes literally no difference. But it's still that sort of stigma. You feel like like in school you feel like you failed, failed and yeah. you you carry that on yeah. for the rest of your life. And you know, it's only really recently that I've actually faced that again. It comes in like waves for me because, you know, when I was first diagnosed with inflammatory bowel disease, I suffered with night terrors. So I had like real bad night terrors of um the anxiety that came with obviously the change of like I my my identity was completely changed when I was given that label mm. and um then obviously like you know the fear of having an ostomy bag and it would wake me up and I'd be in like floods of like distant tears and I would be sweating I had to have counseling for it mm. and I, I overcame that obviously over the years um but recently I've had a shift in my own personal development in like my job so I've gone self-employed mm. and you know that's quite scary that's, like that's petrifying yeah and I've been having really strange night terrors to do with that of like self-development my subconsciousness is obviously doing its own thing right now to sleep and your mind's getting yeah mental. i wake yeah. up and i'm like you know i was like screaming the other night i was like really like really panicking and it was because i had this dream that my laptop which is obviously like everything to my work mm. fell in the ocean and i fell in with it <laughs> and i couldn't get out <laughs> and it was it was so scary and i know yeah. that the sea it represents emotions and it was it was really like you know and that came from that sort of baggage I had with school mm-hmm. and growing up and not feeling um, worthy enough of you know any success or anything in life that's gonna you know bring me um, fulfillment and I feel like that's a big kind of wave that I'm currently going through in life now just yeah. kind of you know you're always kind of 
I guess, riding that wave through life. But yeah. there's certain times it's going to be a bit choppier than others. And this is currently like, I'm kind of getting out of the back end of it now almost. I feel. It's just developing and it? it's yeah, just learning. It's getting uncomfortable. And, <laughs> and I think sometimes, like, doing this, I'm. Yeah. I'm a private guy. Like, yeah. All, like, my Instagram used to be on private. Like, yeah. same with my Facebook. And I keep myself to myself. I don't really, you know, have a lot to say just sort of get on my own life and doing this it's, it, it's something that I wanted to do and it's a, it's a challenge as well because you're putting yourself out there yeah for people to judge you regardless of what you care what they think or not it's 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 uncomfortable yeah and I've sort of thought you know I'm just gonna go for it and just put myself in an uncomfortable situation because it is uncomfortable to start yeah with, isn't it it's when, you, when you talk to a camera or like <laughs> recording yourself you look yeah you suddenly just feel like oh like yeah. you almost suddenly feel a little bit judged yeah and you judge yourself yeah you're like am I what am I is this me like yeah. am I trying to be someone else or am I just doing what normal people do or like I don't I, I you don't, get all the self-doubt don't yeah you, I try not watching myself after I film myself <laughs> Because I'm I, like, I can't, you know when you get that, like, oh God, I can't hear this, listen to the sound of my own voice. Oh, I sound like a little squeaky kid. I, I can't do it. <laughs> you feel, you think you sound like that, but you probably don't. It's just yeah. your own mind. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's horrible sometimes to you. So um, you, you just touched on your, the illness and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, when, when did that sort of start to creep into your life? So it was a, a period of my like, life where I was feeling quite stressed so at the time I was um, just doing my college uh, exams. So exams, again, was just like a trigger for me because, you know, it was something that I really wanted in school. I was like, mm, I'm not really fussed about school. Mm. Again, self-sabotaging myself. I'm just worried about the weekend and like get my next bottle of Lambrini in me, you know? <laughs> but, um, it was WKD back in the day. Oh, yeah, WKD, the blue ones. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. And I can't think of it. I could never drink that again. Um, smell of ice as well. Oh, yeah. God, oh. <laughs> no. um, I was like, you know, I was doing my exams and obviously I really wanted to go to university. Like, you know, no one had graduated in my family yet and it was almost like a big fuck you to certain people in my life that made me grow up feeling stupid for not understanding something. Mm. And... Um, you know, I was really stressed and I started getting really bad abdominal pains. And I was like, oh, like, what's going on? Like, I have not changed anything in my diet, you know. Um, you know, nothing really has changed in my life. I've, you know, I've just gone back to play, I've gone back to doing sport. Like, I've really cleaned my life up. You know, when I was doing my sports development and coaching, like, I was, you know, you know, going, going to college, you know, I was, like, you know, yeah. sorting my shit out, shall yeah, I say. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't thinking about going out and getting wrecked on the weekend. You know, I really wanted to... You were focusing and yeah. going forward with your life. And I was actually really enjoying myself. Mm. And, um, you know, I just started training. So I was like, I'm really enjoying, like, you know, training and yeah. football and just everything, you know, just playing around in the gym at college and not really doing anything in there, just kind of with my friends. And, um, <laughs> and at the same time, I had my college exams I ruptured my ACL ligament in football so I couldn't play football anymore um and you know until my surgery and I was just going through a really weird transition in my life of like I guess shaking off the identity of leaving myself behind of who I was in school and I was growing into this new person felt very uncomfortable 
and I started getting these really bad abdominal pains. Um, it started with going to the toilet more frequently, um, you know, like rushing to go to the toilet. And I was like, oh, maybe it's just IBS. You know, it happens now and again, yeah. you know, it's flaring up a little bit. It must be something to do with that. Um, but it got progressively worse, like to the point where I was like, I don't want to go on a bus because I don't know whether, like, I'm not going to go to the toilet. And it wasn't until I... Um, I was on a college bus and I saw this uh, like you know advertisement about bowel cancer and it was like increased sort of you know toilet trips um, blood in your stool which I had a lot of blood in my stool at the time but again I was like typical sort of young female like, oh my god I'm too embarrassed to go to the doctor yeah. and I remember I actually rang the doctor on the bus and was like can I book an appointment to see a GP and um, they ask you what it's about no, no, oh, they, they no. That was now. back. They do now, and that's so really awkward. so. I'm like, I know some of these girls have worked on the Penrith surgery. I'm like, I do not yeah, want to tell do. you. I know who why. They are, yeah, like, I've, yeah, so, well, all of them, but like, I've seen some. Like, I recognise <laughs> you from school. Like when you, a guy rings up about you know yeah, certain things, it's like mm, yeah, I just want to see a doctor. <laughs> no, I just, I don't need to tell you why. Just, I just need to see a doctor what, for this reason. What I normally do is I say, can I get a phone call first so I can speak to the doctor yeah. and then I can book it in with him. And then you can go down. If it's urgent, then I wouldn't need to go to the doctor anyway. I go to the hospital. Well, yeah, for yeah. sure. You kind of but know, I, don't you? I'm too embarrassed to speak to them about that, so yeah. I, I ask for the phone call so I can speak to them. What is that? <laughs> I don't understand that. I know, yeah. Oh, and um, because I can't help you. <laughs> no. It's no, like, I think it's so they can like preempt the doctor of yeah. what you're coming to. Yeah, yeah I guess so. They can, they can prep I kind it of understand more. that, but just give us a quick phone call afterwards. It's like, I don't know, set a day aside. Yeah. But I went to the doctor, and luckily I had a really good doctor who's just, you know, said it could be um, inflammatory bowel disease. So I was like, well, I, don't know what the f- I don't know what the fuck that is. No. So, you know, six weeks after, I got um, a hospital appointment to see a consultant, and. Um, I was then put forward for a colonoscopy. So for those listening, you know, don't know what a colonoscopy is, it's a camera where they shove up your backside and right. it is the most unpleasant feeling in your life. Yeah, I and the prep is even worse. So you have to take this really powerful laxative. Oh, and yeah, honestly, how... it was, I, some people pay for this, like, you know, to clear their code and that. I'm like, why I would know, you do that to yourself? I know people that Oh that no, I know, no. Yeah. God, no. I'm not doing that to myself ever again. Get them down the car wash, can't you? Oh, God, Josh, seriously, like, it's so uncomfortable. But, you know, I walked away, you know, from that hospital appointment that day, feeling very sort of traumatised. Yeah. <laughs> slightly wounded by what just happened to me. And, um, but they gave me the label osteoclitis, and I was like... What does that even mean? They just gave me this like medication and said, you know, you see a, you see a consultant again in like six to eight weeks and then on your merry way. And I was like, great, like I'm going to be cured. Like mm. I'm just going to take this, you know, medication and everything's going to be fab and I'm going to go back to normal. Why did I put this off for so long? Well, that wasn't the case for me because no. I took this medication and nothing was working. It was getting progressively worse. And I was like, well, I don't know what the crack is here. Yeah. So I um, rang the helpline they gave me, which was the inflammatory bowel disease nurse at the time. Um, really freaking awesome nurse. She's called Jo. She's awesome. And um, she basically was like, you need to go, you need to be admitted into hospital. I was like, what? I was like, I've got to have knee surgery next week to have my ACL ligament like repaired. I don't have time for this. Like I've just started university. Yeah. Like I've just started kind of, this pathway of something that I never thought was achievable. Yeah. And um, she was like, we need to take you in now because your blood levels are just 
like not they're really bad and I was like okay okay well I'm just in for she's like you're in five days you've got five days in hospital you're gonna need IV steroids so basically to kind of help the inflammation and what was going on yeah five days turned into four weeks because my body just deteriorated um really rapidly for that hospital stay um at least you were there, you know, like... Yeah, oh. very... I feel very sort of lucky to be... Uh, almost, well, be, to be here, really, because I, I can't, like... Like, I find it hard talking about this part of my journey because it's, like, every other part of my journey I can talk about. This is, like... Obviously, I've got a little bit of, like, PTSD from it, so I get a little yeah. bit, like, yeah, emotional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just, like, breathing. Um, but they um they called my mum in and just... um. Basically, my bowel um, got to the point where it was going to be a toxic megacolon, basically where it ruptures inside because it was in that much of a state inside. You know, uh, they gave me the x-ray and just said, like, this is what your bowel looks like right now. And it was, like, huge. My stomach was out here. I couldn't have anyone touch my stomach. I couldn't go to the toilet at that point because, you know, you either go one way or the other. If you don't go the other with um, inflammatory bowel disease, it's like you need to see someone. Mm. Like, it's really not good. And um, they said, basically, we, your daughter needs this surgery, but if we give her this surgery to remove her bowel, she might not make it through the surgery, but then we don't know if she's going to make it through the night. And, you know, at the time, um, everyone was... Uh, Did you get told that? Or was yeah, it just mom with, or? with my mum. My mum literally was like an absolute hero. And I was just... Because she just... She's, like, really emotional like me. I'm very emotional. I think I get that from my mum. Yeah. But she had, like, this calm approach to it. Like, just... Honestly, she was, like, a rock for me that day because I was a freaking mess because I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what was going to happen to me. I didn't want this bag. I was, like, refusing this bag because I was, like, I would rather die than have this bag. But then I was also facing that. Yeah. Um, the reality of that actually... Really, like, the reality of, like, your life just being freaking over and, like... I can't even describe to you the feeling that I had. Yeah. Um, Shit, or was it just like panic? Just panic, but also like just like the release, just like, what's the point? Yeah. And I hate to, I hate to like say that. I would love to say that, yeah, I was like so motivated and I was like so determined to like, you know, fight through that night. But I, I was at one, I was at that point when I got back into my hospital bed and I was like, if this is if this is it for me, then I have not I have no I have no control over this. Yeah. And um, you know, I was really I was really lucky um, to come out of that hospital without a bag, but also to be alive. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I was in a really bad way. Was that a Trillisk? Yeah. yeah. And they were they a Trillisk were amazing. Like every consultant, every surgeon I've seen with my inflammatory bowel disease has been really good. I've not had a bad experience. That's good. Um but it was just, you know, two years later I had my surgery and I can talk about that, but it was at that moment in my journey that I um It was a like a massive like all in one go. Yeah, it was yeah. It was that realisation that I wasn't in control. Right. 
and uh, you feel um, do you like to be in control of what you're doing yeah I, f- yeah. I feel I feel like everyone has an element of that yeah but... I, I'm massively like that like I yeah I hate going on, on a plane yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't control it no I, I used to be fine about it like I still I, I mean I'm alright I, I pretend I'm alright but I'm like absolutely breaking it yeah because like, I just hate that feeling of not being in control of what I'm doing yeah you can't get off like do you know what I mean yeah but like, I just I hate that feeling of just not being able to control something. No. And I think, like, when you're... You know, I was 19 at the time. Just turned... 19 or 20. I can never remember. But um, I was just turned 20, I believe, when I went into hospital. Mm. Um, And uh, it was the realisation that I wasn't invincible. Do you know you have this, like... I don't know, when you're grown up, you literally, like... You know, you fling yourself from trees and stuff. I... I, I look back Does that make like, sense? Like why did, yeah. why did I not die when I was younger flinging myself off that tree? Yeah. I used to do that deliberately. Yeah. I used to go running into trees <laughs> off skateboards, like into oh bushes, God. like going down the hill and like <laughs> jump into a hedge for fun. And like But I guess I, in some weird way you are in control yeah, of that. But like now I like get up in the morning, I can barely put my shoes on. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> it was like yeah, it was Yeah. That was um that was a real realisation of um yeah life life really can just be taken away from you just within a click of a fingers yeah. potentially and and that I wasn't invincible no. and that you know this 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 illness was something that I would have to live with for the rest of my life um and you know the sort of coming to terms with you know the inevitable which was you know having a stoma and having an ostomy bag yeah. What was that like, having that like conversation that you're going to have the bag and it's going to be external? Yeah. What was that like? Was it like Honestly, difficult it was... to like process or was it rejection or it was all of that? It was looking at myself in the mirror and realising that literally like my whole... Well, this, this is what I felt like at the time. My whole body is going to change. Mm. But it, in, real, in real, being realistic, it's only this tiny bag. But as a young, like, female, when I was growing into womanhood, womanhood I was like, oh, fucking hell, I can't, I can't deal with this. I would rather be, you know... I had conversations with my partner at the time, Connor, and saying, I would rather be dead than have this. And you have to understand that I do not want this ostomy bag. Is that because you thought you'd be judged by people? Yeah, and yeah. I... I didn't want to, um, I just, I can't put it into words how how it made me feel um, being faced with that at such a young age. Because I don't know, at the time, I, I never knew what one was, but then I just instantly kind of uh, related it to older people. Mm. Um and it didn't help that the, at the time, they've changed it now, at the time a lot of the leaflets were aimed for old people, so a lot of the people on the, the brochures and stuff were old people. Yeah. But, you know, I knew that when I came that out of... doesn't help, does it? No, it freaking no. doesn't help. But they've changed it now. There's a lot, <laughs> like, the, they have really kind of, like, changed their sort of approach on stomas and yeah. within hospitals um, and kind of, you know, letting people know that it can happen at any age. Mm-hmm. Um, but I couldn't... Even though I knew that when I walked out of hospital um, after having that four weeks of just kind of battling with my body and obviously like kind of, you know, battling with my life almost, it was, I I realised um, that I was going to have a bag at some point in my life. Yeah. 
but I really needed to try every single medication before giving in to that surgery. Last resort. Yeah, because yeah. I'm. I feel like I'm stubborn, and I like to be in control. Yeah. And I could be in control of that. I could be in control of what medication I use. I could be in control of, you know, trying to hold that off as long as possible. Yeah. And you know, I was lucky that I actually made. I could make the decision to have the ostomy bag, whereas some people, you know. I could have been rushed into hospital that time and just had a surgery and woke up from that surgery and had an ostomy bag. Yeah. And I feel like I, I feel like the two years was needed for me to get my head around the inevitable, which was obviously having the ostomy bag. What was it like having the bag like on you? What was it like like that? So when I first had it, it was very strange. It was like. Oh, like this is really weird, and I didn't. Did want it feel to... like it was a perm? It was a temporary thing. Did it? Did, did, did... No, no, because at the time I, they didn't want me to have the J pouch because they wanted. What me is to a J have... pouch for people who don't know? So I've recently had my ostomy bag um, reversed. So basically, what they do is they take uh, your small intestine um, and they loop it around each other. Mm-hmm. So loop it, make it into like a J shape, um, and staple it in through the middle very painful what? <laughs> the after surgery was terrible like the recovery was so so hard um but then they pop it right down to the bottom again and then yeah literally you just got like a tiny pouch in the bottom of your pelvis um that collects and obviously holds your stool like an ostomy bag would but obviously it's the inside and it's your own intestine wow that's amazing it's really freaking cool what they can How do these days like it's insane yeah so is that now can that be like a first option or is it something you'd have to have reversed before like would you have to have the bag externally first before you can go for that or um yeah so i straight for that so ideally they do it uh ideally they do it in three stages so the first stage is what i had done when i had my just my complete large intestine removed but they keep your rectum in right because they don't like to play around in the pelvic region especially females because if they start playing around your pelvic region it can shift where your your sort of um, reproduction right. sy- sy- uh, system is, and you can collect scar tissue around your fallopian tubes. Uh, okay. So they try and um, keep that part in, but that part still has, unfortunately, inflammatory bowel disease, and because obviously colitis affects just the large intestine. Yeah. Um, Crohn's, however, fa- affects from your um, mouth all the way to the bottom. Um, so. I had the option for the J pouch because obviously I had my large intestine removed um, and I could obviously, the J pouch like would be successful. I Mm -hmm. mean, you know, there's still a chance of it failing in the future, but ever since I've had it done and it's over two years now, it's just gone from strength to strength. Did did you feel like you had any issues with having the bag? Was there like... Was there like, like I don't know, obviously when it fills up or yeah, yeah, yeah. when you have to change it or like, oh, I need to get it, I need to do it now and it's not the right time? Or... Yeah, I've had moments like that. So when I first had my stoma, when you first have a stoma, you, you have to kind of grin and bear sort of finding the right products that work for you right. and the right stoma bag and the right, the right sort of like... Um, uh, washers, so you like you don't necessarily have to have that, but like this is the right type of bag for you because what what one bag might work for someone and mm-hmm. feel comfortable for someone else, but it doesn't for the other for the other. Yeah, and um, so I had a period of time when I first had my stoma of obviously 
first adjusting to the healing process so I had a stitches around my stoma and obviously I had must, a bag it over it yeah, yeah it was quite it was very painful especially with your stomach acid because obviously it comes onto your oh, yeah. so you have to get the bag just right um you know it took when I first had my stoma it took me about 20 minutes to change my ostomy bag and then by the end of it after the four years of having one before I had my reversal I could do it in the dark Wow. I was just so used to like changing yeah. it and wow. I actually fell in love with my stoma yeah. as the years went on because it gave me my life back yeah 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 definitely yeah like I'd never felt so well and I remember going to my surgeon six weeks after having my surgery and said oh I really want the J pouch now and he's like oh you know I'd rather you wait till you have to have kids because obviously we don't want to mess around your pelvic region no and you know I'd rather you wait a year at least because you need to heal because you've you've been ill you've had a lot of surgery and you've not been very well for a long time. So you need to give your body a chance to recover from, especially being under the knife for that long. Mm-hmm. And um, I walked away like hating him because I was like, I really want my J-Pouch now because I really <laughs> can't stand this ostomy bag. Like I can't stand, it. I don't feel good. My body confidence was completely shattered. Yeah, definitely. I did not want to look at myself in the mirror. You know, like my, my partner at the time was very understanding. Like he didn't, he didn't see me. No for that um yeah. and obviously he loved me for me not you know well, you were together oh, for a long time yeah, yeah for a long time yeah. but I know it can be hard for couples to yeah, like definitely. adjust yeah definitely um and that was very difficult but then as soon as I realized that actually I can do things and I went to London like I think it was like eight weeks after my surgery and I was like oh my god I can go on a tube mm. and not have to worry about soiling myself <laughs> like for me that was like yeah because I couldn't drive like it got to the point when I made the decision for my surgery I couldn't drive home from Truro when I was working at a bakery before soiling myself I literally hit like Norway in road yeah and I was like well that's it done like my my nan she's got she's got a bag and like she found it difficult well she finds it difficult because um like you know when it fills up or like she's had it when she had issues with it sealing yeah and they leak. it leaks and like she go and try clothes on at a shop and like it's leaked on new clothes and yeah. like it gurgles and stuff when you're just talking to someone um makes noise. i've got a funny story actually to tell you about that so um <laughs> over the first lockdown do you remember bizarre issue with um toilet roll yes so i don't know what that was all about what anyway the was going on there? yeah I so, understand that. <laughs> so I would, we would go around to her house she lived not not far from us and uh, we'd walk the dog and uh, make sure she's all right and i'd always say oh do you, do you leave us to try and get your toilet roll and she was like no no it's fine it's fine i was like oh, okay a couple of weeks went by. i was like come on you, do you want us to get you some toilet roll we've not got you any no 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 i don't need any and then like six to eight weeks went by and I was like, you've not got any toilet roll. And then she comes up from downstairs, from the cupboard upstairs in the, uh, where she <laughs> keeps this toilet roll. There's 24 pack of toilet rolls. She comes downstairs, she goes, there you go. I went, well, what are you going to use? And she goes, Jake, I don't have an arsehole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was like, I literally, like my grandson, that's me. I was like, I literally didn't know. What to, that was that's a lot. Hilarious. That was a lot in one sentence. <laughs> Just too much yeah, I was like, wow. Like, oh, I was like, brilliant. like, I, I did, I, that was just so much confusion. I didn't yeah. really know what to th- say. I was like, okay, right, well, that sums that up, and I'll take the, to- take the toilet roll. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's the thing. Like, if I didn't have my J pouch now, 
um, because I had to have basically I would have lived I would have st- still had my stoma right now mm. if I wasn't having issues with my last bit of the bowel which is obviously my rectum mm-hmm. I still had really bad colitis there and I was you know I had the urgency like I needed to go to the toilet obviously I had nothing to go to the toilet with yeah. so I had this really big phantom pain I was passing lots of blood still Yeah. so that was when me and my surgeon said like okay you need to either decide to make your bag permanent which is when they remove the rectum they sew your bum up that's and you have had, a yeah. barbie butt that's what a lot yeah, of people a call it yeah, <laughs> a barbie butt cool. I like calling it that because it sounds cute yeah that, that makes it sound so much better <laughs> or try a J pouch um, and you know the one thing that was holding me back from trying the J pouch to start off with was like I don't want my life to be like it was before mm-hmm. I do not want to be like worrying about where the near, nearest toilet is I don't want to worry about anything like that um but I end you know I end up kind of saying like you know what if I have to do the what if you know what if it works yeah if it doesn't work I know I can go back to a stoma mm-hmm. if it does work I don't have to live with a bag um so I made that decision and um I, I just went through with it and I mean you know so far uh touch word I'm very happy with my j pouch yeah last year was quite tough like adjustment period of it how, how did you find going on stage with with a bag do you know what when you've got that tan on you feel like someone else yeah because you like it. and you've got like the glitz and glam I almost felt like I was a different person did were you quite well known when you had no when so I you first... felt like nobody knew you so it didn't really matter anyway. yeah that that yeah. also helped so I was you know my main aim when I first started competing was just to break the stigma and that real crippling anxiety I had when I first found out I had inflammatory bowel disease was what other people would think of me and would they think I was gross or mm. just all everything that comes with it because you you know everything you feel on the side you project it outwards and you think everyone else feels thinks that about you yeah, yeah. and um I was like you know what fucking stuff this I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna do something and I kind of training was my therapy anyway training was always my therapy when I was diagnosed and um I was like I need I need a challenge and um, ten months after my surgery, I went on I went on stage, um, which was that's crazy, crazy, that's amazing, really freaking crazy. Yeah. Um, so I cringe looking back at my photos though, because I definitely could have done it better. <laughs> yeah, but you've got to give yeah. like that was <laughs> what, from where you started. Yeah, to, like obviously you were training before, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. where you started from that setback to getting on to a stage to yeah. I didn't think about it I was just so excited to get on stage because prep is a really hard process yeah it's challenging More, it's more men- it's more of a mental battle, battle than it is with physical like mm. training nutrition is like easy like mm. you just have a routine you go on onto an autopilot when you're on a prep like you just know what you're doing yeah um but it's the the mindset of like oh my god like my my fear was oh my god if my bag falls off like just stupid things <laughs> that you know never gonna happen it's never gonna happen but it's but going then, yeah then saying that, that 2016 yeah. before i went on to get my i actually got my pro card that show my bag leaked 20 minutes before i had to go on stage oh. and i was like oh shit and i almost forgot how to change my bag i had my friend with me and she was like drunk on wine a little bit and I was a little bit like tipsy because I just had a little bit of wine to kind of pre calm my nerves yeah. and I was like I don't know what I'm doing like I've completely forgot how to change my ostomy just why you got all the tan all over you <laughs> and like not to like you know get water yeah. over my yeah oh. that was quite stressful wow. that was like oh no my god this could go so wrong so that's right another now. prime example of 
it yeah. just sort of you just have to roll with it yeah you just gotta go with it yeah but you know it was um it was one of the best things I've ever done. That feeling of walking out on stage was the first time in 2015 when I had no people looking at me, no expectations or to perform, no expectations for placing. Yeah. That was my favourite show. Mm. And I won the overall two years, well, 2017. Mm. That didn't beat the feeling of walking on stage for the first time I lost my bag. Hands down, wow. still, yeah. still to this day, it's like that's, I think it. that's a bigger achievement going on with, yeah. the, with a bag. It was, yeah, it like makes me like a little bit emotional thinking about it now because yeah. like it takes me back to like, oh my god, I'm stepping on a stage in a tiny bikini, right? <laughs> <laughs> with my Austin bag out, yeah, yeah. And I just never thought that would have, I'd never thought in a million years that yeah. was going to happen. No, so, um, how do you think you, is this because you're in prep now, aren't you? For your next so, I'm going to be, yeah. Officially starting uh, July, yeah. And this will be like, you know, I never thought I'd be in this position again. I came away from the world in 2017, was like, right, I've accomplished everything that I wanted to accomplish. Because, you know, when, when I first went on stage in 2015, mm-hmm. I, you know, qualified for the Worlds, but I had to have emergency surgery literally like two weeks after that show because my bowel twisted. Is that because, do you reckon of... Um, I ate a runner bean. You what, sorry? <laughs> I ate a runner bean. <laughs> You ate a runner bean? Yeah. People listening now know this story quite a lot, but I ate a runner bean and it fucked my shit up, honestly. Wow. Yeah, so... Um, just didn't agree with you? No, or? it just... There's a... So with... Um, when you have any sort of bowel surgery, um, especially with a stoma... Was it an accident? No, I, I just basically... I, got, I went to Anster to get my, my veg for my prep and I normally get asparagus. Right. And I was like, well, there's nothing here, but I need to fill my meal up with something other than just chicken because yeah. I'll be starving. So I just picked up green beans, like runner beans. And yeah, literally. Do you know what was really weird? Because I was eating and my mum was like, are you supposed to be eating that? And I was like, oh, shut up, mum. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and then yeah. literally three hours later, she's having to call me an ambulance because I'm literally like crying in pain on the bed. I couldn't move. So what happened internally then? It, it, it just, just tw- So twisted. basically... It, it flamed up. It like got lodged in my bowel like oh. got lodged and I think because I was quite lean as well at the same time my core was obviously I was very like small mm. there was not much room for it to like move around in and um <laughs> yeah just it twisted and I just trained legs and I was like oh my god I've given myself a freaking hernia yeah but it wasn't a hernia it was like the scar tissue it's a little old runner bean hadn't quite um formed yet and it got stuck on the bowel right and then it twisted so um yeah, I had to get rushed in for... I. They kept me kneel by mouth for five freaking days, mind. And I had just finished a show, so I was starving. And I was supposed to go to the world nice in like eight hospital weeks. hospital jelly. Oh, no, I didn't even get that. <laughs> I got Connor to sink me in some Mars bar, like oh, yeah. uh, milkshakes. It was hilarious. I wasn't even supposed to be eating. Sorry. Um, yeah, and then I had to have emergency surgery. And obviously my my chances of going to the overall, like to get the overall that year was yeah. obviously not happening. Which was, I feel like, quite good because, you know, then it gave me that sort of drive for the next year, which I got second overall, which so was got... really annoying. I was so close. So you got like uh, unfinished business then? Yeah. And then I came back uh, for the O2 Arena, which mm. was a really cool venue, but Margate was definitely better. Better backstage vibes. Um, I got to step on the O2 Arena, like, stage. And then, yeah, and then I came second overall, which I was like, okay. Mm, I'm alright with this but I could do better yeah. and that's when I decided to go again in 2017 so will this be your first this is my first show since having my stoma removed wow 
Yeah. So do you feel like you can like bring a better package this time? Uh, do you know what I'm like? Or, is, or do you? Or are you trying? Are you putting too much pressure on yourself? Or? I'm really. I so I, tr- I I went to start a prep last year. So a lot of my followers know that I was like, right, okay, I'm gonna compete in the the UK Championships. Right. So I started the prep mm-hmm. and I got a week in and was like, my my life at the time was really not good. Like I'd broken up my long term boyfriend. I was in another situation that really wasn't working, and there's a long story there, and. It was my mind was just not in it, and I felt yeah. like I was trying. I lost my nan, so I felt like I was trying to distract myself from right. facing up to reality. Mm. And I was like, "What do I know? What am I comfortable with? Mm. Oh, competing!" And I knew I clocked it a week into prep, and was like, "I can't, I can't do this. I'm not doing it for the right reasons." No, no, yeah. There's a lot of pressure going on. People expect me to come back stronger. It's probably, you probably, it's probably, yeah, it's probably the worst thing you could do is, yeah. is prep. There was a lot of things going on. And I was the emotional just, side of hormones everything. and everything going into that. and So it wasn't going to happen. It was never going to happen. No. Couldn't even stick to my diet for a week. I was like, no, this is definitely not happening. I do not want this. <laughs> I have to, I either do something, you know, 100% or I don't do it all. And I couldn't do it. So I was Definitely. like, right, okay, what do I want to do? I just I decided to go for a photo shoot. Yeah. Um, I did my photo shoot. It was like really, it was really strange looking at the back of a camera and seeing myself at an ostomy bag. Mm. Um, and now I never really, once I accepted my ostomy bag and accepted, you know, for what it was and I embraced my ostomy bag. I never really saw it in photos, but it was when I saw the camera without my ostomy bag that I was like, that's really freaking like that really set me off I was like oh my god just didn't expect to re- react like that yeah, I just yeah. thought okay this is what I do yeah. but it, seeing myself without my ostomy bag was like was in it like some when ways, you look down you look down and be like yeah, it's not there I sometimes wake up in the night like where am I like, where is it <laughs> is it falling off <laughs> yeah, and rolling yeah, yeah, under yeah, the yeah. pillow <laughs> I think like where is it I like panic or yeah I spent a lot of times doing that after surgery um but I was like, okay, I've done that goal of obviously, you know, having a photo shoot. Now what do I want to do? And, um, you know, I thought, uh, I've been stewing on it for a couple months. And then I was like, mm. I was just driving home one day and um, I just got home and just entered the show. For like literally a year, like I had a year to go and I was like, I just need to enter it now. Mm. And um, I don't feel any pressure on myself yeah for the any external people like you know online like i've got no pressure whatsoever on there mm. um of course i want to do well like you know like i said i want to do it 100 percent. but i've got no um i've got no external pressure i'm doing it for me i'm yeah. not doing it for anyone else you know, for the right reasons yeah and that's when i know i have to do it you know no one can ever take my overall world title away from me in 2017 no. So if I come back and even get top five, I'll be happy just to step on stage yeah. after having gone through two major surgeries um, to, to get where I am today, mm. you know? Yeah, definitely, yeah. So, um, but I think you hold quite high standards for yourself, don't you? Yeah. I can tell, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to do well. Yeah. I want to win. Um, and I'll train to win. I always say that to people, train to win and you'll never lose. No. Because you know you've trained to win. And despite whatever placing, you know you've done your absolute best to get where you need to be. And like you said, you're doing it for you and you've not got 
as much external pressures on no. you which are distracting you yeah because it's probably the worst thing to have is external yeah. things going on when you're in a calorie deficit yeah it's a uh, very very hard time yeah definitely <laughs> i've not had to be in a calorie deficit really for like four years oh, i'm not i like <laughs> to be in a calorie deficit for about like a, a week three days and then i'm like McDonald's, it is on yeah, Friday. Yeah, <laughs> just um, drive past. Yeah. The thing is, I don't crave for foods like that. But when I'm in a diet and I know I can't have it, yeah. I want it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm one I of those people. I'm all or nothing. So, uh, like, if I know I'm not dieting or I'm not trying to lose weight yeah. or body fat or whatever, I'm, like, all guns blazing. But if I'm focusing on losing weight or whatever it is, yeah, yeah. then I, I am quite good at sticking to that. I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm a bit of an extremist. I'm sort of all or nothing. Yeah, but you have to sometimes be like that. Yeah. I feel like, you know, I read a, a quote the other day, discipline is the best form of self-love. And I was like, frick, that's awesome. I yeah. love that. Yeah. It is. It is. That's quite, yeah, that's good saying, actually, yeah. Just like, yeah. you know, you have to have that discipline in anything in life. Mm. To achieve anything, there has to be some form of discipline there. Mm. And obviously motivation. And preparation as well. Yeah. Prep I like I find if I'm not prepared, things go wrong. Yeah. And like just simple. Again, you want to be in control. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> but I know I hate that feeling of not being in control when yeah. like say, I don't know, you get up late and you've not made your, your food for the yeah. day. Do you know what I mean? And you're like, Oh my god, what am I doing? Yeah. What have I done? Like, why have I not so out of character? Yeah. What have I done here? But there's no better feeling than waking up in the morning and everything's all ready. Yeah. Like, and you're set up for the day. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's, uh, that's, just, that's a good start to the day. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't realise that. You've got to set yourself up in, like, you yeah. know... Yeah. I think start as you mean to go on as well. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, where... Obviously, you're, you're going for this show. Um, what sort of things have you got planned in the future? Um, so obviously I launched my empowered woman business, uh, mm -hmm. last August. Um, do you know, a little bit of a backstory on empowered woman that came at a time where I really needed it. Right. Um, really, I really like, it. um, so I've spoken a little bit about this online, but I haven't actually like kind of spoken about it like in, I guess just kind of like this. Mm -hmm. Um, but in, so in, April last year I had a miscarriage so I went and had my 12-week scan and I had a mis miscarriage and you know now, now on reflection it was like it was a blessing in disguise because the person that I was with wasn't who I thought they were there's a lot like behind that story right can't really go into that no that's fine that, yeah. obviously um but it was a blessing in disguise but at the same time you know four weeks later I came home like away from that um, so I, I had this mis miscarriage was, was a really, um, you know, I never, f I was always told by my surgeons and consultants that, you know, you're going to find it really very difficult to get pregnant. Um, you might need IVF and, um, you know, this was, this was actually spoken about, this was planned. Mm -hmm. Um, and I didn't expect to fall pregnant so quickly. I fell pregnant straight away, which was like, well, like hmm. for me, I didn't expect that was going to happen. No. Um, I guess a little bit naive as well um, on that front um, but you know there was you know it was lockdown I was away from my family I was in Plymouth 
Um, and I was like, you know, okay, you know, it's just, you know, going through the motions of this. And I went to my appointment and um, unfortunately had a mis- miscarriage. And um, I had to deal with everything that comes with that. Um, your hormones all over the place. Mm. You know, the sort of emotional sort of... Um, the draining sort of factor of that is, is you know, for any, any woman, one in four women have a miscarriage. It's it's actually quite scary when you think of that figure of their first pregnancies, one in four. Mm. Um, and I never knew that at the time. You know, I had no signs of a miscarriage. No. Um, and I only found out on the day. Um, so I went through that. And then a week after, um, I was contacted by two local PTs that I know very, very well, two S&C coaches. And I worked with them in the past at the sports centre that I was working at at the time. So I've known them for about near enough 10 years now. Um, I know they're well knowledgeable. I know they're really, you know, well known in their field. And they said, do you want to do a collaboration and start an online platform? And I said, yes. Like, I really need that right now. Mm. I need, like, a project. I need something to come out of this really um, horrible time that I'm going through. And that was when Empowered Woman was born. Um, and, you know, that has really given me, like, my purpose back. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And since having my purpose back of starting this online platform mm. to inspire and motivate women all around the world to just use health and fitness... Um, in a positive way other than a punishment yeah. you know ha- has come it's almost kind of relit my purpose in what I want to do in life and who I want to be yeah because I felt lost around that time yeah I really didn't know what I was doing there was a lot of going on you know previously before that you know just prior to that I lost my nan to terminal cancer yeah um me and my long-term partner of 10 years broke up mm-hmm. um i moved to plymouth there was so much going on in my life and i really didn't know where to turn um again another another sort of hiccup on, another yeah, hurdle to get through just i have to say that period of my life i feel like was more challenging than um facing my health hmm. when i was in 2012 when i was first diagnosed with inflammatory bowel disease yeah i did never thought i'd find a hurdle like that again in my life but that was that was hard. I was severely depressed without even realizing it. Yeah. I was drinking every single night um, after that. Um, then the miscarriage and stuff um, around the first sort of uh, time of having um, you know starting this empowered woman, and I was like, something needs to change. I'm like self sabotaging myself like I was when I was younger. Yeah. yeah. And the empowered woman gave me my sort of lifeline back, like a hundred percent giving my life back. Yeah, that's great. Um, you know, and ever since then, I guess I surrounded myself with really good people, and I met good people, and you know now I'm in a really good place. Yeah. And like I'm striving for fil- fulfillment rather than just happiness. Yeah. Like what I want to do in life, and having that kind of purpose again is just. I feel like everyone needs a purpose in some form, yeah, shape definitely. or form in life. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, you need some sort of purpose. You need some sort of goal. Yeah. Or, yeah, you need something to focus on. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, it could be a one big goal. Yeah. But it could be, like, little goals in between to get to that to that goal. Mm-hmm. Like, you always got to keep moving that goalpost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes you can be... Like, we talked about before this about me being a perfectionist. Yeah. And sometimes you can... I think yeah it's good to have goals but don't try and beat yourself up about it too much and they need to be realistic goals don't they yeah like sometimes you can, like yeah aim for the stars but 
you do realise that the stars are a long way away. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? You need to get to, like you said, little goals, little steps. Yeah. Get to that one, right, next, what's next? Okay, go, go on to that. You need to be able to manage that milestone as well and maintain yeah. it. And be realistic. Yeah, and that's what I say with, um, you know, the women I coach. You have to be, you have to think realistic here. Mm. Don't think short term. No. Don't treat health and fitness as a part-time thing. No. Like health and fitness and well-being has to be a full-time thing. Yeah. You know, work and like everything else comes second. Yeah, you yeah. have to prioritize yourself and your own well-being, and then everything else can fl- like flow into place. Because if you don't look after yourself, especially like mindset-wise, you're just gonna be going around in circles mm. and ever forever chasing something that's not gonna be happening because you're not in there, you're not in that right headspace. Yeah, definitely. What would you, uh, what would you, what sort of advice would you give to someone that is in a situation? Well, is in a situation like you were in, where you felt like everything was on top of you, um, yeah, and they want to get through it. And fitness is that something that you would encourage um, or? Yeah, and also breaking it down into into a time scale, break it into okay. Don't think about next week. No. Don't think about three days time don't think about two days time mm-hmm. don't think about a day ahead think about now yeah like right now present time mm-hmm. think about the next minute don't get yourself caught up on something that hasn't even happened yet yeah and that's how i that's how i saw it so when i came home from plymouth and obviously i was isolating my parents i would spend a lot of my time out in nature and listening to podcasts and listening to um music that kind of resonated with me and made me feel good mm-hmm. and I'd be I'd you know I'd walk about six miles a day just you know around the coastal path and you know to main port to swan pool and I'd go in the sea sea like the sea was my therapy when I came back from Plymouth it was everything to me mm. like getting in that water and there's nothing freezing cold there's nothing here like the, yeah. the thing is you can't think about anything else no and you come out and you feel like oh so you feel yeah. so much more like energized mm. and obviously at the time gyms weren't open nice. so I just I went for walks I went for runs um, and again just being out in nature being outside in the fresh air I think that would be my sort of if anyone's struggling right now don't think about tomorrow don't think about the next day think about right now yeah. and that's something that um, Jordan Peterson that resonated with me when I was listening to one of his podcasts yeah he's crazy that guy he's yeah. like like his IQ is like he's I know he's, he's very got, controversial he's got a normal IQ is no, like I know. something out of but he's very controversial but there's so many things I've taken from him and I've read his book yeah. first book twice and I've got his second book but I've yet to start because I've been so busy but I'm going to he just gets everything doesn't he he just yeah. gets it he just, just like... so he's very black and white yeah with his approach mm. um and you know he's very honest about his own. Um, you know he's had suffered with addictions, um, with prescription medication and stuff. So there's a lot that I can take from that as well. Um, yeah. Like not like addictions, but like just you know he's very open about what he's struggled with. Mm-hmm. You know you wouldn't want a therapist that hasn't ever gone through anything in life. Yeah. So they can't relate to it. No, you can't relate to it. Mm. And you know knowing that he, you know he's not a god. No one's a god. No. But I've um, yeah I took a lot from him when I was kind of going along that journey of kind of re I guess redeveloping, re- redeveloping and self mm. like you know self development and sort of just kind of find out who I was going to be yeah and shaking off you know you're forever shaking off the identity that you put onto yourself mm-hmm. I feel yeah um, and even now like you said like before this like you know I was private I never did anything like this before yeah, yeah. 
you're shaking that person off that you thought you were once were and yeah. you're coming into this new person like okay I'm, yeah. feels uncomfortable but I'm get, I'm growing into it yeah 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 definitely well um thank you for coming yeah. on I've really enjoyed this thank you I think a lot of people listening to this will uh will be you know I feel like I've been quite um it's a very different take to what I'm like used to talking about yeah but I feel like I'm ready to talk about it now because I've yeah. I've come through that other side it's like it's like a therapy when you can yeah. talk about things that are difficult yeah. when you've got it off your chest yeah and when you've realized and you know i'm still realizing like some stuff yeah but you're never gonna know everything no no and no. that's the key to life <laughs> well, you, you've heard it that's a good sign off <laughs> <laughs> right thank you very much cheers cheers